everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show where I feel like I have a rocket shoved up my booty right now because we are in it. The Alliance is open, and if you have no idea about the Alliance, you should probably shoot us a DM on Instagram that says RBAA. Shout out to my boy Roy, because I got to do this intro. I am rocking his hoodie. Roy came to the event, owns an incredible company on Instagram called Sacred Geometrics, and made this hoodie for me by hand, and I love it, and it's the dopest hood I've ever seen. So don't worry, I'll have Roy on the podcast. We can talk about it. But what are we talking about today? Today is fun because it's Ashley and I. It's the, the two peas in the pod that run this whole crazy show. We're life partners in all of this. But this was a really fun episode because we fielded a ton of questions and then we both answered them back and forth. So we each gave our own perspective, our own breakdowns and our thoughts. And I'll give you some of them. Uh, one of the first ones was around uh, coordinating retreats, speakers, activities, and what's our criteria. So we actually got into like how we get into values, how we pick them, what we stand for, all that stuff how to find, filter, choose the right business partner, um, how to rebrand and charge uh, oh, and change what you do when the market shifts, how to be an amazing badass with a heart-centered focus, one of my favorites. Uh, in the hard moments when we're about to throw in the towel, how do we support each other to get through them? Like how do we as a team, which actually was incredible. Um, and then in those moments, how do you continue to work past those hard situations and keep the business going? We got into all of this. And then how to hire a great number two in your business. And then how to learn to trust and delegate effectively. So this one is loaded with nuggets. So I would listen to it, but then I would think about it like a resource and grab the part that you need, write it down, put it in. And if you have any more clarifying questions, shoot us a DM on Instagram. You know how to get a hold of us. But I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. And as always, thank you so much for being here. And I'm going to ask, if you could help spread the word of the show, could you please share the show, leave a review for the show? And send some more people our way because we got to keep shining this light and I need your help. So if I have to annoy you every day, I'll keep putting out 400 episodes every year and I'll just keep going. But I love you. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Mind of George Show. And today... We are joined by a very special guest, my number one competitor in the great step challenge of 2023 that we've been talking about. The queen, the mother behind the scenes, my best friend, the brightest light, the woman who keeps all of this together, our incredible CEO, Ashley, is on the podcast today. And it's going to be a fun one because we're going to be doing like a rapid fire Q&A on both sides because we've been getting a lot of questions about how things go in our life, businesses, things like that. And uh I have not heard these questions. I have not seen them. So this might be my therapy chair. I have no idea, but I'm really, really excited. So Ash, what's up? Oh, man. You know, it's all the things, but I'm very excited to dive into these questions, um, especially since I didn't realize that you didn't read them first. So this will be real Well, fun. truth be told is every time I click on the ClickUp task, it opens the Facebook group, but it doesn't open the post. And you know, I don't like preparing for questions anyways. It's way better off the cuff because then I like think of answers and then I'm like, no, that's not real. I'd rather do it. So hold on, hold on. Let me, because everybody's wondering. And by the way, Ash, I've had some people connect with me on Garmin because I've been talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So if, They've stalked if any of you want to join our great step battle of 2023, DM Ashley or I, and we'll figure out a way to add you. Right now it's close. Right now it's close. There's only like what? Like a 12,000 deficit? What are we at? That is not close. 15. No, t- under 10K is considered close to me. Anything over 10K gives me a little bit of anxiety. Okay. So I think, I think, um, uh, what do we, what do we have right now? Oh, so 15 right now. I'm 15K ahead of you. Yeah. So I have to take a walk after yeah, this. Yeah. But Ashley also knows for everybody, if you're coming to the event, you know. But here's, the, I think we should do a bet at the event for everybody coming to the event of like, we should do an over under of like how many steps George manages to take in the middle of a U per day. And like whoever gets mm-hmm. the most accurate <laughs> is there because like, this is a joke. Ashley has been strategizing how she's going to keep up <laughs> with me at the event because she knows <laughs> I walk like 25,000 steps in that room because I'm a psycho. And so we have to, we might have to get you like a walking treadmill for like the back of the room. Yeah. Well, I just looked at the diagram and I was like, I wonder if I could just pace like along the back wall. But I was like, mm, I don't you, know. I haven't decided that's going to be. You might give me like a panic attack as I'm trying to like teach people. And <laughs> Ashley is pacing on the back wall the whole time. And for those of you like have never met Ashley in person uh, or have never met her, like she is the most loving, sweetest savage that exists because she is a mode. And when this mode clicks, it's like, get out of the way. We've seen the ulterior ego effect on her a couple years ago. And so with you pacing in the back of the room, I might think that you were like, <laughs> either somebody was trying to get in the room and you were protecting me or you were about to like go hunting. I might be on edge a little bit because I never know with you. Okay. Mm, all right. So we won't pace. We're just going to have to find another strategy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll figure, we'll figure out something or maybe, maybe we can put like angle weights on me to make it harder. Yeah. yeah but what if that make your calves stronger i'm okay with that though because you know what i will tell you that these calves are money makers i don't care what people say but they are like they're a social trigger just like pink is i've just learned to accept that dudes are always going to make fun of my calves or comment on my calves but i can use it as like a good conversation starter is there such thing as like calvesfinder.com? Like, you know, there's Fee Finder. Is there a calves finder? Because I think you would definitely. You know what? I, I haven't considered this, but I would consider an OnlyFans for my calves. <laughs> I would literally consider an OnlyFans for my calves. And I would just get as many creative outfits as possible to show off my calves. Mm-hmm. Like we would just do calves all day. So if anybody's into calves, just let me know and we'll launch an OnlyFans. Yeah. They'll be their first, your first. Subscriber. I mean, who knows at 40, like I'm doing new things. Like I somehow in the last week went from never watching Harry Potter to being like the biggest fucking Harry Potter fan in the world. So only fans for my calves isn't off the table either. Okay. I'll add it to the parking lot and we'll see what we can make happen. All right. You. All right. Cool. All right. I think we should. So let's get into a serious let's question. Get a serious question. I love how the, yeah, perfect. Let's get it. Let's get into some serious questions now. Serious. Theory. Okay. So the first question I'm going to pull from the deck, um, how do you, so it's kind of a threefold. So how do you find the right business partner um, is the first one, like in the lens of finding like another badass who is centered, heart focused, who is wanting to be adaptable, who wants to change alongside of you and not just stay in the normal routine. That is a really, really good question. So intuitively, my first question, and this has always been my filter is, You have to ask yourself if you'd be willing to let this person have dinner with you and your family for the rest of your life. That Mm -hmm. is the first question because that's what you're agreeing to do, right? You're agreeing to basically get in a marriage 
without any of the romantic stuff and say, we're going to do this together. The highs, the lows, the ins, the outs, right? So like you have to have a really good barometer of like what you're looking for and like who you really want to be around. The second thing is that they have to be complementary, not contradictory, which means if both of you have the same skill sets, you're just going to have a bigger of the same hole and Mm. it gets into not being able to work together. So whatever that looks like for you, if you do it personality wise, if you do it in business or in skill sets, like you want to have compliment because I think a mistake I made very early on is when I was early on as an entrepreneur and like I started to have success, everybody's like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And I said yes to so many things um, because they just felt right. Right. But then if you look at the track record of like the 30 or 40, maybe two stuck around and those two passed the would I have dinner with them every night for the rest of my life test. Because dinner means that we can both be complete humans. Like we know entrepreneurship is a stressful game, right? It changes every day. And you have to have somebody who's willing to be in the mud with you when there's no chance of success and then being like, we're still going to figure it out. And for me, I think the greatest thing that you can use is time because time is the great equalizer in relationships, right? Like if you give it enough time, you can see how things go. And I think a lot of people rush into things for the wrong reasons, right? It's either this great opportunity or the money looks good, or it's like, oh my God, this is so easy, or they have a solution for this. But you have to be careful because if you're advocating your own clarity or your own responsibility, it's still not going to be fixed. And so for me, the person to person fit is required before the business talk even comes out. So values, integrity, Mm -hmm. family, time, containers, right? Like if you're a person who really values your time and your space and you protect yourself with containers like we teach, right? And you're like, no, I'm not going to be on my phone with my family time, but you join with a business partner who's 24-7, text, 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 text. All those little triggers and all those little things add up and they get in the way of things going. And so you have to treat it like it's a relationship, but it's even deeper. It's got money Mm -hmm. involved. It's got business involved. It's got a lot of things involved. And so I think a lot of people rush into it. And so my advice would be check the filter. Would I have dinner with this person every night for the rest of my life? Are we aligned or do we agree? Because those are two very, very different things. How are we in life, the world, family values? Like, and I mean this, like, What do you want your life to look like in five years? What do you want your life to look like in 10 years? If we make a million dollars, what are you going to do? Like a lot of people, I've seen this too. Like, yeah, we're partners forever. And then one of the partners is like, oh no, man, this is all I needed. I'm out and just take it and go. Right. And so you have to make sure that when you're aligning or you're doing business with people that you understand why and what the agenda is or what the output is or what you're trying to accomplish and then you put it into an appropriate bucket, right? And so I think all too often people go to like business partner, give them this or give them equity or give them this. And I was like, wait, slow down, your team, your life. And I would look at it like a roster. And if you look at your business and your life as a roster and you're like, wow, we're really strong here, but we have some vulnerabilities here or some potential here. That's where you start looking and navigating and filtering, but you you need to do it like it's a courting process because it all matters. Because when things are great, it's really easy to talk about vision, to talk about dreams, to talk about money. But when it's 11 p.m. and the offer didn't work and the cash flow is out and you're 40 grand in the hole and someone's got to figure it out, you can't have a group school project where only one person does the work because that just leads to resentment. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's all about treating it just like a relationship. So that would be my answer. What about you? 
Oh my gosh. A thousand percent. Like for me, it was definitely time. I think time is so incredibly important. Uh, when I first got into, yeah, my first partnership, it was like short, it was short lived, but it also had a short beginning point as well. And I think that your foundation is so incredibly important. And then also, yeah, it's just a lot of discernment and intentions and just making sure that it's not just like, it's not within corporate where you're hiring just for skills, right? It's not just the skills that you bring to the table because obviously skills can be developed. The values are like the number one biggest thing. And I think that like perfectly summarized exactly what I was going to say. Well, yeah, because I, I even think about just for breaking the fourth wall for everybody, like with Ashley and I sitting here, like I'm pretty sure Ashley and I, based on my lens and probably hers are inseparable for the rest of our lives, irregardless of what business looks like. Like I'll say with the text that she sent me this morning and the tears that I shed when she sent it, um, you know, we're in, but with our relationship, like it didn't start like this. Like it took, Mm -mm. I'd say it took even past you when you decided to take a break from the mastermind and we were there, it was probably in that bucket where we really, really like developed a deep relationship where I'm like, you're my homie. I got you. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we realized we wanted the same things and we saw the world the same way and we were aligned. And then it was really just a, Hey, do you want to do this? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So it was kind of like accidental per se, but it was based on just allowing it to happen. Right. And I also, I think, I think we should hit the other side of this too, is that there's also a lot of lessons to be learned in the wrong relationships. And and trying mm-hmm. things and doing things because, you know, as much as you prepare and as much as you try to find that perfect partner that you're going to marry, they might look perfect on paper, but you still have to date them to realize that people change and they're not there. And so you also have to make sure that like when you're getting into partnerships, you guys talk about potential like, hey, what happens if I don't want to do this anymore? Like, how do we talk about it? Or, hey, what happens if this comes mm-hmm. up, right? Like, you got to really play with the game. Like, even Ashley and I joke, I'm like, we need a safe word. If I trigger you, if you trigger me, like, how can we break the pattern to know that we're always in this together, right? Business doesn't matter. Noise doesn't matter. It's me and you. Because if me and you are good, mm-hmm. everything else is figure the fuck outable, right? And so I think for everybody, you also have to understand that you can't find the perfect relationship by just like thinking you have to go out, you have to meet people, you have to put your feet in the water, you have to date for lack of better terms, and you're going to have to check fit. And I think really, really being patient, but also having an awareness of like, this is what I'm really, really good at, right? Like I'm really, really good at this. And I also understand that if I had support in this area, it would make me better. And with that clarity, at least gives you a lens of like what you're looking for. And so I think it's, I think it's important. I think it's important. I love that question. That is a really good question, by the way. Well, you're going to love question number two then. It's very similar in the lens. (laughs) Uh, So this one is in the lens of how do I hire a great number two in my business? And how do I learn? So it's two part or two. uh, How do I learn to trust slash delegate effectively? So can I flip the script on you and have you answer this one first? Well, I get asked the same question, just in a different lens of like, how do I hire an Ashley? But sure. Go Uh, go ahead. ahead. I want you to answer this one first. (laughs) so let's start with the trust portion first so I feel like even for me like there has been a lot of times where I have struggled with control Mm -hmm. and going through and feeling like I have to double check all the details and feeling like if I don't double check it then it wasn't double checked and it's not good enough and it's not gonna ever be good enough unless I actually double check it and so when it comes to delegation I think there is 
a lot to be said about the relationship and the trust that you have between both parties. Um, one of the experiences that I've had in the past year is being able to recognize what it really takes to be a good leader and to be able to effectively share and delegate. And it really comes down to the communication portion, first and foremost. I find that if I openly communicate, my team openly communicates yep. back to me. So a lot of it is what I have seen is modeling first what it is that I would like for them to be able to model back to me. So it's kind of like do unto others as you would like to do them unto mm -hmm. you. Very similar, but like in the team environment. And so delegating for me has become so much easier and I've let go of so much within the past year, just even in like some of the little mundane tasks, because I've been able to create a really good relationship with our team members that have then allowed for me to be able to feel safe enough to be able to let go and knowing that like I can pop in, I can always review, I can ask questions and it doesn't feel like it's a fist fight to get there. And it's like more natural and good and all of the things. I love that. What was the first part again? How do you hire a great number two? Okay. Did you hit that part? Okay. No, I have not hit that Okay. Part. Uh, well, I will say uh, sharing our story is so interesting. I shared it uh, a couple months ago with a new little friend group. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, I probably still have it in my Slack messages. Like, he was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, sure. I don't know how, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I think. That's pretty much. Yeah. So I'll, I'll answer in reverse order. I'll answer the first one first and, and I can answer it in a okay. fortune cookie and you don't find them. You make them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was about to say that, that you created. You them. don't find them. You make them. And I didn't, I didn't create Ashley. We created something together. We were like, Hey, we fit. And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. We can learn the rest. And we're like, yeah, I'm like, cool. Let's figure it out together. Right. And, and that's my, my choice, my path, but in my experience, and this is just mine, I might cry. Um, I feel, I feel like a delicate creature a lot, like as much as everybody thinks like I'm this killer savage, like ready to attack the world, which I am. I'm also very delicate and I'm very, very sensitive and I'm fragile at times um, because it also comes with a lot of insecurity that I work through and things like that. And for me, the most important thing for me is that I feel safe. Not that I feel supported, not that they have the answers that like in my lowest of lows, like I mean on my worst fucking day, like last night when I called Ashley in tears because I thought I made a mistake, which was really small, but I broke down and said, this is how I feel. Like for me, feeling safe is the most important thing because if I can feel safe, the rest of it's figure outable. And for me, that is the most important tilt, right? Like over skill set, over, over anything, is that the person that I'm working with has the capacity and the relationship with me to just allow me to be me and not have all the answers mm -hmm. and not be the white knight and not have to figure it out all the time. And for me to be like, guys, I don't know, I'm struggling today. Can you help? Or do you have any thoughts? Or can you fill my bucket? And just for everybody listening, I ask Ashley to fill my bucket often <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, can you remind me of like who I am today? Right. And so for me, more than anything, if I have people in my life, I want people in my life that help me be a better person. 
And if I'm going to have these people and I'm going to spend time with them, I want them to build me up and to support me while I can support them. And I think people are the most important thing. And so it comes down to alignment, support and safety and, and really like having a relationship. And for me in hiring, like you have to hire personally for personality, but you also have to find people who are aligned. You have to find people who see it or want to see it, or at least open. Or if not, you have to recognize Mm -hmm. that they're a player, but they're almost like a temporary player until you get to the next line. And you need to be able to delineate those and know what that looks like for you. But the thing is, and this is, this is, you know, what most people is like, no one knows what that is for you. No one knows like what that is that you're looking for, like what would make you feel the best. But like, for me, I want a team around me that stretches me to grow every day and doesn't allow me to shrink. And I will tell you that my team does not allow me to shrink. Ashley does not allow me to shrink. If I try to hide and she knows my hiding style, (laughs) she, she she doesn't let me. And the same thing with her because I know her patterns. And so I'll be like, where are you? What's going on? Right. And so as a team, we have a commitment and we have a commitment deeper than, you know, what's there. And I think that that's the most important part. And then when it comes to delegation and I had the same lessons is that my failures in delegation were not the delegation. It was the delegation with unspoken expectations. And I was delegating, expecting Mm -hmm. perfection instead of progress. And I never realized that the perfection was me advocating my responsibility as a leader to show them and not tell them. And it's about showing them. It's about modeling it. And and as much as we see this and we slice this, you pick your fortune cookie. But when you have kids, it's show them, don't tell them. Leadership is a state of being, not a state of doing. It's not words, it's actions, right? And I think if you have this this intense focus, and listen, I've been behind the scenes of some of the biggest fucking companies in the world. And I'll tell you this, straight point blank. The ones that work are the ones where the teams feel the safest and most like a team. And the ones that don't are the ones that feel transactional and like their heads are on the chopping block every single day. Because people need to feel like they can be themselves to win. They can't feel beat up. They can't feel bad and wrong. Like if you have a kid and he goes and competes in a sport and he loses, you're not going to be like, oh my God, you fucking failed. We prepped for three months. You failure. You're going to find the win. You're going to celebrate it. You're going to help them make improvements. And then you're going to get right back on the field. And like, I'll never, this one story like sums up this for me. Branson, when he was three, he was with uh, one of our incredible nannies and I was at the gym and it was like 6 p.m. And he went out on a bike ride with the nanny and he decided that he wanted at three to take his bike with training wheels and go full speed down the hill because he thought that was a good idea. Well, he went over the handlebars and he literally scraped all the skin off his nose, his cheek, his forearm was burnt wide open. I mean, like he had massive like motorcycle road rash at three. They call me. And they were like in meltdown. And I was like, whatever you do, make him ride the bike home. And they were like, what? I'm like, do not walk it. Do not whatever. Tell him to take a breath and have him ride the bike home. And I swear to God, Ash, I got home. I had him in the bath. I walked in. He was fine. And then the moment he saw me, he started crying and then told me how the bike was scary and everything was done. And I was like, it's all right, buddy. It happens. We fall down. We... So we literally took a bath. We got dressed. I was like, daddy has scars too. Dad, look at daddy. He's like, look, daddy had his leg blown up. And like, daddy had this and daddy had this. And he's like, oh yeah. And I was like, and he's like, okay. And I, got him and I was like, you know what we're going to do right now? He's like, well, I'm like, we're going to go on a bike ride. 
He's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, we're going to go ride a bike. And I was like, let's go ride it down the hill. And it took me maybe like 10, 15 minutes. We got outside and then we literally went and rode the bikes down the hill. And I knew in that moment that if I didn't, he'd have a complex on the bike. He'd be afraid of the bike and be like, no, we got to get back on. We got to get back up. Like for me, that's what leadership is, right? Like we apply these lenses. And so when you have a team, it has to be the same. And I will, I will say this and Ashley will probably correct me, but I feel like as a leader, I fall short massively in many, many areas, but I make up for it in connection and relationships because I'm not a good CEO. Like even in the Marine Corps, like even when my number two was there, I was the people person and they were the structure. Like they did the reports, they did the documents. I did the people, right? Like, and I know that that's it, but like, this is about people. And if we hire somebody and we want them to perform their best, we have to invest in them as people. Like, how are we building them up? How are we helping them achieve? How are we making them stronger? Like, these are our teammates. Would you ever knowingly own a professional sports team and then pay $20 million to have a player and then not feed the player and not give him his cleats and expect him to go win on the game? No. Like you have to take care of your team so that your team can take care of you. And so when you're hiring, it's about finding the right fit and really setting them up to win. This is about building something. And the more they build it with you, the more everybody owns it and everybody works together on the same outcome. So that would be my answer. Oh my gosh, a thousand percent. And I have definitely noticed like the first kind of like three to six months that I started working, like really behind the scenes with you versus now is completely night and day. And it's one of those that I want to reflect back to you, like how much progress you've made and being able to like release that control and being able to really step in. Like I know you said you're not like you're the peanut butter. Okay. I know you said you don't like peanut butter with M&Ms, which I think is absurd, but whatever. We can talk about that later again. Um, but like the peanut butter and jelly, they go together and it like works and it's going to be totally good. And I think that's so important. And then the last point that I'll make on that before we move to the next question um, is I had a team member a week ago or so, and they're like, why do you ask all these things? And I was like, what, what do you mean? She's like, I, you know, work with several other companies, like, you know, doing a couple other things. And they're like, nobody ever asked me like how I'm actually doing or how X, Y, and Z was or something specific. And I was like, well, that's how I am. That's very natural for me just to ask because I'm a curious cat. But it really does make a difference. They're like, I'm excited to show up to work. I'm so stoked. Like every time you slack me, like I'm like, oh, what does she want to tell me now? And I was like, oh, well, that's good because I feel like I slack a lot. Um, and it just like creates a really good energy and relationship. And like it really does make a huge difference when you go beyond just the work and the tasks and the checking off the list and go into the actual. Yeah. Work. And you said something that I feel might add value if I bring it up about like six months ago versus now um, for everybody. Mm-hmm to understand (laughs) the level um, of control and boy is that I took customer journey to a point where I made it militaristic in ways that didn't affect it. But I justified it. I used to have the team measure the notebooks on the desks to make sure they were covered in a line because I needed it to be perfect. And if it was off, I was off. And I mean, like I would lose my shit because it wasn't real, but I had this innate fear that wasn't anybody else's but mine, that if something was off, then I was a failure or that somebody would judge me or that if it wasn't perfect, right? It was this whole thing and it was this massive release. And I, I think I even remember at one of the events, like something happened and, uh, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. 
She's like, huh? I'm like, I don't care. She's like, what? I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, we're already here. Like, we're on the field. I don't give a shit. Let's just call an audible, right? And it, I don't know if it was like in compression or it was like force, but it was just this like, I think for me, in reflection, mm-hmm. in even answering a question from earlier, I had a belief and a wound that I had to do it all myself. And so rather than ask for help, rather than share what I was looking for, rather than, I don't know, being like, hey guys, here's the outcome I would like. How can we get there? I would come in like former Marine George and be like, here it is. Boom, 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 boom. But really what it was, was me being afraid to say, hey, this stuff is really fucking important to me. Like this feels like it Mm -hmm. matters at a very deep level for ways I can't explain, but it yet it gets feedback. So do you guys get this? And then like once I started opening up and thank you, Ashley, for asking and supporting me. And Ashley was really the big translator in this because she would get it because she knows me at a very, very deep level and she could see the frustration, but I couldn't put words to it, right? Like she could see it. And then eventually after learning my flavor and spending enough time with me, she's like, wait, okay, what's going on? And then I would start to give it to Ashley. And then we had to support Ashley and not turning into George (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. Because when I initially passed it to Ashley, Ashley took it and then went to George 2.0, but a little softer and sweeter. And then I was like, okay, we got it. We got to do this. Right. But it really, and you said this earlier, it boiled down to communication. And as a leader, Mm -hmm. and I say this in customer journey, but I really say it because it was my own medicine, is that my message is only as effective as the messenger's ability to hear it, implement it, and understand it. And if they Mm -hmm. can't, that's on me. That doesn't mean I'm a failure. It means I have to translate. I need to try again. We need to have a different conversation. But it always boils down to communication. And I was afraid to be honest. And I was afraid to say I was scared. And I was afraid to say I don't know because I thought I had this wound that I had to be the best. I had to have all the answers. I had to know. And I didn't get to be a human. And that's not true. We're all humans, right? No matter what position we play on the field, no matter how good we are, how much we're paid, we're all human. And I think when you get down to the core of it, the more humanity you bring into your business, the more impact you get to have with your business thousand percent so that's how i'll answer that one so good okay so let's move to the next i question. feel like what's going to happen when this podcast comes out everyone's going to be like you two need to do more fucking podcasts together i'm like i know it's coming it's coming <laughs> we'll make it happen okay so the next question um so this is a little bit long again uh i tried to shorten them but i'm not very good at that right now so in those hard moments when you're about to throw in the towel how do you support each other through them? Um, another way of saying that is also like, what support methods do we have? Um, and what have we learned in the evolution of our business as things have been? I'll answer this one first. Okay, go ahead. Uh, that's so funny. Alexa just said, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> it was too deep for AI, Alexa. AI, legitimately, like the moment you finish the question, <laughs> my, and I won't say its name because it turns on and will turn the studio off, but, uh, said, I can't answer that question. That was hilarious. Nobody heard that, but I was like, was that my Alexa? Um, (laughs) Here's the truth. And this is the hard pill. You're not going to throw in the towel. You're losing because you're lying to yourself. You're not. 
you feel unsafe, you feel scared, it's hard, and you're trying to do it alone. Mm-hmm. And the way that I think about this for my brain is like I have two roles, right? Like I have my role on the team, but then I have my role as that player off the field when nobody's looking. And they're both equally important. And I would say what happens off the field is nine times more important than what happens on the field, right? That's 90% versus the 10% performance. And we tend to lose because we stay on the field the whole time. And so I even have these moments. I've had lots of these moments where like, oh, I'm going to throw in the towel. No, I'm not. No one else is coming to fucking do this. Some magic goddamn school bus isn't going to show up and be like, here's your business model. Here's your clients, right? Like, no. What I'm refusing to acknowledge for me personally is that I'm fucking petrified and I have Mm -hmm. clarity and I can't remember it right now and I don't know how to get there and I feel out of momentum and I feel under, as Alex Sharfin calls it, constraint. And the only way to get out of constraint is to release it and you can't release it alone. And so irregardless... It's about having open communication with your support system, whether it's your team or whether it's your inner circle or I don't know, whether it's your SOS model that I talk about all the time. We actually genuinely use those. Ashley and I are in each other's SOSs. We did it last night. No joke. Mm -hmm. Like Ashley and I were texting and then I was upset about life and some other things, and then I couldn't get a hold of her. And so I literally went into my SOS because Ashley is my numero uno in my inner circle when it comes to business and mostly life. And I couldn't get a hold of her. So I went to red light, I went to breath, I went to boom, and then it helped. And then we got on the call. And so when it comes to support, like what supports you as a human, right? Like in my opinion, on my darkest of days, and this year I've had a lot of them. And I'm so grateful for them because of the clarity that it's brought me. But on those days, it's not that I don't know. It's that I don't remember what I know because the noise and the pressure is so loud that it confuses my brain. And so in my Harry Potter reference, and I don't remember what movie, maybe it was five, (laughs) maybe it was whatever one where he has to do the Triwizard Championship. By the way, guys, I just did a Harry Potter weekend with Branson all seven movies in two and a half days. So I'll just say it now, like I'm team Gryffindor, but um, I got you, right? Like I'm here. But I remember like, and it was so funny. It's like he had the egg and then he was given the clue of like, go take a bath and he tries to open it and it's screaming and it doesn't make sense. And the moment he puts it underwater, he can hear the voices because it allowed all the noise of the world to go away just to focus on like what was there, right? And Alex Sharfin talks about this all the time. But when you're under full constraint, the last thing you should be doing is trying to think about your business or anything else. Like you would never go on the field in the middle of an emergency. That's when you have to pull yourself off the field, triage yourself and get support to get back on the field. Right. And so individual support is different for every single person. Right. But for me, it's like if you have a business and something has worked, you have plenty of evidence that you can keep doing it. But you have to know where to go find that or to go look, right? There's a reason environmental design happens. Like, where's your vision? Where's your reminders? Like, where are those things? Okay, if I can't remember, how do I get back in? Well, if that doesn't work, where do I go, right? And it's about finding what supports you as a person, right? And so if you think about it in the lens of the business and your business is working and you've read Clockwork by Michalowicz and you know your needle movers, right? If something's happening, you're having a bad day, 
something's getting in the way, you can't go do those needle movers. And if you try to do them upset, they're not going to work. But if you know that those have to be done and you don't feel like you can do them, well, then there's a gap and that gap is between you and you. And what would it take for you to feel excited to go to the gym again or to create momentum again or to get into progress again? And for me, it's always action. It's always recognizing what's there and then getting back into action. I even post this on Instagram today, one of my flag or fail t-shirts that says effort breeds effort, right? It's, it's evidence, right? I feel like I struggled for so fucking long because I would convince myself I wanted to throw in the towel, but that was the self-sabotage because it prevented me from taking any action whatsoever. I'm just ruminating. I'm just sitting there like, oh, I want to quit. I want to do I'm like, well, maybe I should breathe into it. Maybe I should journal. I didn't do any of those things. I just kept myself stuck in that cyclic washing machine, right? And so for people listening, it's like when I talk about the SOS, it's like, think about any moment in your life outside of your business where you got upset, where you got triggered, where somebody upset you. And then you got to a point where it was like killing you so much that you went and did something about it. Maybe you went for a drive. Maybe you listened to a song. Maybe you went and screened in a pillow. Maybe you went and worked out. But at one moment in one of those behaviors, you felt better and then you had clarity. But when we get into the business part, we forget to do the same thing. We have to remove ourselves from the business and then we have to get back into us and realign, reconnect, remember. And if we can't do that by ourselves, we have to have a support system around us. And nobody knows what that support system is but you. If you use our SOS model, which we'll link in the show notes, right? The inner circle, I mean, the inner tools is things that you can do by yourself. And there's plenty of things that happen in my day when I'm triggered where my tools work. There are also plenty of things that happen when I'm triggered where my tools don't work. And my inner circle provides me perspective or a reminder or space to do it, right? But for me, it's about having a plan. And if we know we want to play this game and we want to play this game of entrepreneurship and it's a game that we're going to play forever, we have to know we're going to get flat tires. We're going to fumble. We're going to get smacked in the face. Penalties are going to be called, but we still have to play the game. So the question is, how do you put your pads back on? How do you get back on the field and how do you do it in a way that excites you? Nobody can answer that but you. But for me, I think the number one thing, and this is the number one thing that I'll say, is I struggled for so long because when I got triggered, the first thought was don't tell anybody, suffer alone. Mm -hmm. And so my muscle, and Ashley will tell you this, any moment I'm off, I tell her, like instantly. And it just so happens that most of the time, just telling Ashley I feel off helps me feel better and reconnects me to the field. And so it's about not doing this alone, not suffering. And for me, getting out of our heads and getting back into action in whatever way is aligned to where we want to go instead of what we're trying to avoid. So that's the only way I could answer that question. I think it's very common for entrepreneurs to get so stuck in their heads because a lot of times we're working alone. Like I have my five-year-old, um, but most of the time he's like, yeah, what? totally. Like I want to SpongeBob mom. Like, no. And so for me, it's very much so like you mentioned a little bit about evidence and evidence is like the biggest thing for me is like being able to look back over the past like five, six years and say, okay, listen, if you could like keep your business afloat while basically having your eyes closed shut from crying all day, I think you can handle yeah. today. Like you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Yeah. And also within that as well too, is I just always 
evidence. And then the other portion for me is really just the reflection of finding my happy like place and having that intentional environmental yep. design uh, intentionally created. So that way I have my decompression space because especially with having ADHD, there's just some days that I'm like, why isn't my brain yep. working? Like why is two plus two not equaling four here? Like what is going yep. on? And I think that for me, it's like being able to give a permission slip also too, that like, it's okay to do the bare minimum. Um, Cause it's so easy like to just be like, well, you just keep working until it, fit, it until it works. And it's just like, okay, you have to actually, as you mentioned, like remove yourself from it. Don't work to try to make it work remove yourself to be able to then get the clarity and the, the perspective that way you can see it clearly, which is a big lesson that I've had to learn. And I feel called to add this too. It's completely okay to not be okay. Right. Yeah. Like I also think totally. entrepreneurs really, really, really are way too hard on themselves and they think they have to be perfect all the time and they have to have the answers and they have to operate in that podcast. We did of like the productivity modes, like a, a killer every single time but like you have to remember like you can only run so many races and sprint them before you like go take a look at yourself and go recover or go do an audit on yourself and so it's also completely okay to not be okay like i had a day last week where i literally spent the whole day just not being okay and i was like i'm doing nothing like i feel like this i feel like shit this is what my body gets to feel today it's not wrong it's not bad but i'm just gonna nurture myself i took a lot of bubble baths i walked i spent a lot of time with branson and it's so funny because just allowing myself to be is what allowed me to get through it, right? To like, oh, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not trying to fix it. It's not trying to change it. It's like, okay, breathe. Okay, got it. Yep, here I am, right? And then for me, it's like, okay, where do I want to go? And that's where the wedge of expectation comes in. And even for me on my days, I'm like, well, as long as I protect my progress, I have evidence to win. So let me hit my floors. And I hit my floors most of yeah. the week and the floors carried momentum and they carried me through the weekend and then they carry me to today. And then, you know, you, you allow those things and you allow the, the field or your environment to hold you accountable in alignment to what you want to succeed. And then if you're off, you check your barometer, you make an adjustment, you tune the radio dial and then you kind of get back on the field. And if you can only get on the field with 20%, get on with 20% because 20% is way better than zero way better than zero yes. right and so for me it's about protecting the progress and piece by piece but also like honoring yourself like it's okay to have bad mm -hmm. fucking days i've cried on this podcast a ton today i've i've cried to ashley like a hundred times in the last like 30 days legitimately <laughs> i've done instagram you're watering the I am, but I've done Instagram stories about like it's okay to not be okay and, and my dear sage michelle dillard she's like george just let yourself not be okay it's okay and i'm like oh yeah i forget right like i get to be a human too and for me what's so interesting is that also the lesson of like don't do at it alone the reason that's such a valuable lesson is like the moment i typically go to somebody for clarity it literally sucks the oxygen out of all my bullshit it's mm -hmm. it's like excuses. instant and i'm like oh and like i even remember i got the text from michelle and i was like my body felt better instantly and I was like, oh, and then I like tried to make it feel like shit again. And I'm like, ah, oh, listen again, <laughs> listen again. And I was like, oh, there it is. And then I was like, thank you, dear. I listened to it three times and she laughed at me. And I was like, I got it right. Like, and I listened to it till I got it. And I was like, no, no, no. Like it gets to be this easy. It gets to be okay. Right. And I think, yeah. I think we just get to honor ourselves. And, and here's the thing. You have to honor yourself because if you lie to yourself 
and you're like, I don't have a broken foot and you go run the race, you're going to create permanent damage. You have to play the game in accordance with your capacity and ability to perform in that moment. And if you can only perform at 40%, you have to honor that because if you try to push it, you're going to perform at zero tomorrow and zero the next day. But if you hit that minimum and you protect it, you'll get back into momentum and you'll keep going. And so it's bite by bite. So that's what I would say to that. Yeah, that process has also been like super helpful for me because I used to be a very bad night bird working like all the hours doing all the things. And I even remember like very early on, I'd be like, George, look at all these things I did. And I remember one day, I don't know, you like message or reply and you're like, actually, I really don't. <laughs> I had sent them for a week and I was like, look at all these things I did. Like, because I was trying to validate that, like you choosing me essentially was like the best choice ever, you know? Cause like people please are one-on-one and then you're just like, stop sending them. Like, I literally don't look at them. Like I, as soon as I see it's like past the paragraph and I realize you don't even have a question, like. No well, thing. because the thing <laughs> is, is like, whether you did them or not, you'd still be here and you'd be incredible, right? Like that's the, that's, yeah. that's the game. Right. And, and for me too, is like, I even watched this, uh, this, I think I sent it to you, the Huberman video about talking about like declarations and statements about like things yes. that we want to achieve. Yeah. I used to fall victim to that, to when I was having a bad day, I'd be like, Ash, I'm doing mm-hmm. this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and I'm going to make this. And it really wasn't real. It was like a, I'm telling her this. So she thinks this, but like, I'm not really doing it behind the scenes. Right. And Huberman talked about this and and they did a massive study on this, but basically for lack of better terms, like the moment somebody publicly declares, like I'm going to make a million dollars in the next 90 days, that the reaction that comes, the dopamine and all the, all the reaction that comes typically mitigates and gets in the way of that happening. And it's crazy because Mm -hmm. they like studied it. Right. And so you know, for me, it's really about all of it. Like, I, I don't want ever Ashley, I don't ever want Ashley, and I'm saying this to people listening because she's right in front of me, obviously, to feel like, oh, if I don't do this task or I do this task, I'm somehow like on the chopping block. Like I told Ashley on day one, there's only two ways to get fired. You either lie to me or you steal from me. Everything else is on me. And I, I genuinely try to live that way. Uh, I'm not the best at it, but like if I have a hole, I'll figure it out. But really... It's just about allowing people to be people, right? And like we think about it, like if, if you're working in an office and somebody comes in and their dog got killed that morning, right? Like you're going to respect them and you're going to support them and you're going to nurture them. And be like, what do you need today? What do you like? It's completely okay. And as entrepreneurs, what I yeah. think happens, and I've seen this a lot, is that we get so go, 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 go and fast, 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 fast. And then a lot of us having remote teams and, and some in person is we forget about the humanity part. Right. Because everything's like, oh, on Zoom or what's this task or what's this boom? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, what's up with the person? Like, how are you today? Like, how do you feel? Like, do you want to run this race today? Like, do you think we can win? And you're like, I'm like, oh, you want me to take the lead? Right. That's what teams do. Right. And and we say this all the time. We said this in the Marine Corps, like when it comes to team and they said this in the Marine Corps, they're like, doesn't matter how good you are. You're only as strong as your weakest Marine. Because everybody comes home. And so it doesn't matter how fast I am or how good I am because the whole team has to cross the finish line. And that's what teams do. And the ones that get that it's game over. But I'll tell you like the, the, the companies I go into, like I can tell the moment I walk into a company, like you walk into the room and you see people like, Oh, I saw you last night. Or boom. Like they have this community, this connection, like everything they touch together works. 
And then the other one where it's like, well, you did this or transaction here. Like I would never hang out at the office. It, it literally is like pulling teeth trying to get people to mesh and work together. It's like oil and water, right? You have to have a shared goal. You have to have a shared vision. You have to have a relationship, which means people have to feel safe. They need to be a human being. And as leaders, that requires that we create that safety. It just so happens that answering all of these questions tends to have a thread of like, I'm hearing, I'm doing this alone. I'm suffering in silence. How to, uh, no, you got to be the leader. You got to be open about it. You got to lead the way. You got to paint the picture. You got to be like, hey, I'm struggling today. How are you? Or I could use help with this, right? You have to prompt and you have to create the culture. You have to create the environment that you want to create. And it just so happens that as leaders, no matter what our position is, like if it's our vision, no one can put that brick into place for us. Nobody can tell us what piece mm-hmm. is going to go in. What we can say is like, hey, I'm forgetting it for a minute. I'm having a really shitty day. Can you help me get back on the game? And then let's find the pieces that we remember, right? But it's the humanity piece is the most important part for me. I, I, I just don't think it can be. Yeah, it's, that's it. I don't, I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> I'm complete. <laughs> no, that's it. Done. No more. Uh, yeah, I think the honesty is huge because a lot of times like I'll model that as well too for the team and say, hey, like I don't know where my brain is, but it's not in my head yes. currently. So I'm going to come back to this tomorrow and like, and they'll do the same thing to me. And it's like very similar because it's like you give what you get and you, it, like it goes back and forth and you give yourself permission to just be yourself and yep. be human and make mistakes and you just create that environment yep. too. Yep. Do the things. Okay. Let's talk about how do you overcome procrastination? It's a really, really good one. The wedge of expectation. (laughs) The end. Mm -hmm. We have a whole podcast on it. Okay. Here's the thing. Procrastination for me is some unprocessed emotion getting in the way of what I want. That's all it is. That is all it is. There is something getting in the way of me going out and biting off whatever it is that I say I wanted. Because if I really, really want it and I really, really believe it and I really, really want those things, then there's no procrastination. So for me, procrastination comes down to one of two things. Either I no longer want what it is I said that I wanted or I can no longer remember that I want what I said I wanted. It's only one of those two. And for me, the only way to remember is to get back into action. And so that's why the wedge of expectations was created. Atomic Habits 101. Momentum creates momentum, right? Effort breeds effort. We know that if we make a plan, a vision on our good day, and we put it on paper, then on our bad day, if we still execute that plan, it's protecting our vision, right? It's on the bad days where business is won or lost. It's on the days where we feel like phoning it in and clearing our calendar that we take the calls anyways that make the difference because those are the needle movers we protected. So procrastination for me comes down to a lack of containers and a lack of planning to hold myself accountable Mm -hmm. to what it is that I said I wanted. So when I created the wedge for myself, it was created for me to lose the weight. And I knew my competitiveness. I knew my perfectionism. I knew all of it. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to do this one different. And I remember because I made this model two months before we left California and came to Montana. And I'm living in the results of it now. And I was like, I know how to work out. I know how to train. I've been a very high level competitive athlete. So you're going to convince yourself, George, that you don't know how to lose this 90 pounds that you shouldn't have on your body. And I'm like, no, it's not that I don't know. It's that I didn't protect the consistency. 
and I didn't set myself up to win for when the days were bad. And so legitimately for 30 days, I was like, here's my 30 day challenge. And by the way, I even recorded videos of these on YouTube the first time, but the second time I didn't. And my rule was simple. I'm going to go to the gym every day for 30 days. and I'm going to be in the parking lot by 5 a.m. That was my floor. My ceiling was I'm going to go work out for an hour, but I didn't have to. I just had to leave my house, get my car to the gym parking lot by 5 a.m. because that was the rule that I made. And in that 30 days, I think it was like six or eight days that I didn't go in the gym, but I drove my car to the gym parking lot. One day I listened to a podcast. I remember one day vividly, I cried the entire time and it was so cathartic for me. But then I remember another day I was listening to a podcast on the way to the gym and I was laughing my ass off and I parked in the parking (laughs) lot and I was like, I'd rather laugh for an hour than go work out. And I sat there and listened to the whole podcast with a cup of coffee at 5 a.m. in the Metroflex parking lot. And I just laughed my happy ass off. And then I went home. I didn't have to shower and change. I just got dressed and I went to work. And the consistency is what built the momentum, right? It's what built the habit. And for me, it's like the container, the protective container that when I'm having a bad day or when I'm off or I can't remember that it allows me to win, right? And so when we think about this wedge, if it's, you know, you realize that breath work is really, really important and really powerful for you. Or for Ashley and I, we both do steps. We both like walking. I walk with my son. She walks with her son. Those always make me feel better. But if I have a goal to walk an hour a day and I have a bad day and I don't have an hour, I'm normally going to throw that thing in the trash. And that's just evidence that I can't do it, that I won't do it. And then it just falls out of the play. And so we make floors and ceilings. I'm like, well, great. My minimum, just so everybody knows, is I just have to walk a mile a day, just one mile a day, which is 2,500-ish steps for me, right? That's my bare minimum. My maximum is whatever I'd like to achieve as long as I feed myself appropriately. Uh, Lesson learned last week Um, (laughs) because I tried to beat Ashley so bad that I ended up in like a 2,000-calorie deficit every day. And I'm fixed now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to do that ever again because that was hard. Ashley started the challenge and she's like, oh, I got George. And then my first day, I think I put 25,000 steps in and she's like, what the fuck? And I was like, you started a competition. Do not start a competition with me unless we both want it because I can't stop. And literally for like the first three days, guys, I created four hours in my day to get outside and step. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Slow down, slow down. But listen, you have to protect your momentum, right? So the way that I think about this, and I use my kids as an example a lot, right? Branson is like my lifeblood. Cheyenne is like my lifeblood. They are they are my everything, everything. Um, but I know that like on my worst days, like on my worst days as a father, right? If I'm alone with him or like, you know, we're on a trip somewhere and like I'm having a bad day and he says I'm hungry, I can't not feed him because I feel like shit irregardless of how I feel, I get to feed him his meal so that he can have his needs met. The only challenge that I ran into is that when I was upset, I never put a plan in place to feed myself. And so I would just sit there hungry and hungry and hungry and hungry and waiting without any relief until I put a plan in place. And that's where the wedge of expectations came from. And it's really like, what is the thing that I know for me If I do every day, I can look at and say, I'm proud of this. I made progress. I made an accomplishment. And can I commit to it even when I'm sad? 
And like, those are the things that really, really move the needle because the rest of the evidence isn't really evidence. If your sales work or don't work, that's not evidence. That's just timing, message messenger. Like if every offer worked all the fucking time, everybody would be rich. No, it's the ones that keep trying and keep showing up until it works. But we only lose when we stop showing up because we let all that evidence get in the way of us hitting the basics that make it work in the first place. And so we have to protect the basics. Like we have to protect the person. We have to protect you as a person. Like everybody listening to this, you are the most valuable asset, not your offer, not what you know, not your system, not your clients, you, you. But yet it's the one fucking thing that's neglected every goddamn day. And then when the check engine light goes off, we ignore it. And we're like, I wonder why I don't have the answers because they're yours, but you have to plug into it and you have to process them. And like, I've been processing scarcity, like crazy, like crazy and new levels of it. New levels, new devils, right? New responsibilities, new life, new things looking all the way. No one can process those but me. And for me to pretend that they're not there just gets in the way of me fixing them. And so whatever that looks like is like, well, let's unravel it. Let's unravel it. Let's unravel it. What's the next bite? What's the next bite? What's the next bite? It's about consistency. It's about practice. And for me, I have a belief that being a human being is an act of choice. I'm not being a human being when I'm sitting on my chair, ruminating, disconnected from the world, that's death for me. Being a human being when I'm giving that gift away or when I'm in relationship with somebody, even if I don't feel the best, it just so happens that being in that space makes me feel better anyways. Personal development 101, give away what you want to get, right? So we have to protect our progress. It's our vision. It's our game, which means it's your workout. And only you can determine what those workouts are every day. But you have to set yourself up to win and you have to celebrate every fucking win. Yes, I've been posting my steps on Instagram again. Are they for you? No, they're for me. Celebrating my wins and practicing again and again and again because I forget all the time. And my insecurity comes from not remembering. And so Ashley made a rainy day channel for me and she even texted me the other day and she's like, hey, I might invite you to go read the rainy day folder, George, because you don't seem to be remembering who you are right now. Right. And she saw protecting my progress, but I hit the minimum and I got back in. And so for me, no matter which way you slice it, I genuinely believe that action, intentional aligned action is the number one secret for everything working. I've been through trauma therapy. I've been through coaching. I've been through personal development. I've done plant medicine. I've done breath work. I've done all of it. And all of them share one thing in common is once we're through the emotion or through whatever we're working for and we get clarity, we ask ourselves like, how can we get there? And then we start doing the things and then we protect that so we can achieve that goal. It's action. Manifestation is action. Creating things is action. Like you can't sit in this chair and be like, I want to lose 30 pounds. I would like a million dollars to drop here. Like at some point, there's always action required. And so for me, at any moment where I see that I'm struggling or that I'm off or that there's procrastination in my body or I'm resistant to doing something, I have to check my check engine light and be like, what's getting in the way? And sometimes I don't even know. And I found that asking why is a silly question because it doesn't really matter. Because if I realize I'm not on the field, 
I don't need to know why I'm not on the field. I just need to get back on the field. So what's the smallest bite that I can take to get back into progress, to get back into momentum, to get back into myself, back into my body, maybe to remember my vision, maybe to get my body released, maybe to go work out. But everybody has their own unique flavor, but you have to do it. And what's crazy is people listening to this, they know the one thing. It's sitting in their head right now. They're like, yeah, I haven't been to the gym in two weeks. Of course I feel like shit. Or they're like, yeah, I stopped listening to podcasts a couple weeks ago. Or I stopped my journaling habit every day. It's those things that get sneaky because we forget that the results are a byproduct of these things we do every day. And when we stop doing them, the results go away. These are always going to matter more than anything. It's the basics. It's crossing your T's dotting your eyes and hitting the basics. Did you feed yourself right today? Did you sleep right? Did you set yourself up to win? How's your mindset? How's your state of being? Okay, cool. Did I give my full effort to those needle movers? No. Well, great. If I want this thing, what's getting in the way? I don't know. Only you know. But we have to be willing to do that work. So for me, I think the most important thing is like if you're procrastinating, if you're stuck, if you're sitting there, like you got to do some diligence and you have to figure out like, is it maybe I don't want what I want anymore? Or maybe it's I just can't remember. Or maybe I haven't taken the time to break down the workout in a way that's measurable. I don't know what that is for everybody, but it's different. But for me, that's what it boils down to. I don't know if that's helpful. That felt like a ramble for me. Mm, okay. It was good. I love my face literally hurts from smiling so much because I love the quarter effect of just like popping a quarter. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. The quarter effect. Just listening. the quarter effect. Just made that up. I um, went through the process yesterday of flexing one of those muscles of, I was like, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to walk this off, but I'm going to walk until I like fix my yep. attitude. <laughs> I was struggling so much yesterday morning and just like, they're like, I call them my mind monsters where I know they're not, it's not me. And I know that it's not my voice that's telling me this. And a lot of times I just like struggle so much with just acceptance of like going through grief and things like that, that a lot of times, like it'll just be a random sunny day. And I'm like, God, I hate my life. Like, I don't know why I exist. I don't know why I'm here. And it's just like this whole thing where I'm just like, I just want to lay on this couch and literally do nothing. The privilege of being a single mother to a hyper five-year-old is knowing that regardless of what I want to do. It's always his agenda. And I will always get out of bed every single day to make sure he gets his chicken nuggets and pizza and lemonade and all the things. And so yesterday I had uh, the privilege of being able to go and just walk it out. And I was like, again, I don't know how long it's going to take me. And I just walked and walked and I saw this squirrel and the squirrel like stared deep into my soul. It was a little creepy, but I welcomed it. Um, And then I saw a woodpecker and I was like, all right, cool. The animals are showing up for me. And then I just, and then I finally was like, cool, I feel better. And then it took me like five minutes to do the one thing that was literally like banging my head up against the wall trying to do. So it works. It works. The other side that I would like, yeah, you have to work it. You gotta start moving first. Uh, The other side of it for me, for procrastination is oftentimes I'm avoiding Mm -hmm. something. I'm definitely the avoidance type uh, that is probably stamped on my forehead. And uh, for me, when I have a task on my to-do list that I am avoiding, it's usually because I am either avoiding a conversation, I'm avoiding a feeling, I'm avoiding frustration, like 
the whole concept of like eating a frog doesn't work with me. Like I like with my brain, I'm like, give me the dopamine, like, let's go. And I'll be like, done, 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 done. I was like, look at all these check marks. And then I'll get into the bigger stuff because like, I feel mm. ready to actually go for it. My brain feels alive. Um, and so for me, a lot of times, like I just ask myself, like, what are you avoiding right now? And then I ask myself, why, why are you, why do you feel like you want to avoid that? Like, well, what, like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, what's the worst that's going to happen if you have this conversation with this person? Well, X, Y, and Z. And I was like, well, uh, it's not really as bad as what you're making it out to be. Or the opposite is a lot of times when I procrastinate, it's often because the task Mm -hmm. is too big. And I'm like, I usually will make it out to be something so much bigger than what it actually is. And I was like, oh, it was that simple? And you're like, yeah, dude. And we have this a lot where I'm just like, I think it's a huge deal to want to know X, Y, and Z thing. And you're just like, we, we don't need those. And I was like, (laughs) so this thing I've been thinking about for the past hour. And I'm just like, maybe I should just like, like screen my thoughts first. So that way I'm not like thinking about something for an hour that you're just like, yeah, we, we don't need that. So, uh, I'm like, cool. An hour just vanished. And so it's a really good, it's a really good pull for me is to be able to like take that reflection time back. And then also, um, I find, you know, you're talking about like with Branson and the story, like I find that oftentimes the modeling is huge. I've noticed that by me, like exercising my SOS and being able to show up in that way, Nick will also model that. And he's a lot more empathetic and understanding when he's like, oh, mom is curled up in her blankie, like on the bed. Like he'll come over and he'll pull it up a little bit more and kiss me on the forehead and say night night. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to sleep. No, like, because he'll use that also as an opportunity to go and get Mm -hmm. into something. I'm really surprised my house hasn't burned down yet. Uh, But it's it's a really good thing and i absolutely love that you ta- like you teach this and you taught me it because it's allowed for me to become a much better mom thank you and that was a beautiful answer mm-hmm. i love your distinction on the avoidance it's it's huge and here's the last piece i'll add to that is that i think at this point in my life i've figured out that even if i'm avoiding it it's still going to eventually come across my plate no matter which way i slice it so the faster i manage yeah. it the faster i'm through it and so I think I've just had enough experience now knowing like there, there is no avoidance, like it's coming. You can't hide from it. You can't, you can ignore your inbox as long as you want. You can ignore those DMs. You can pretend to not look, but at some point the mirror is there and the faster you look into it, the faster you find exactly what you're looking for. And a lot of times it's clarity. A lot of times it's clarity, yeah. right? And like, think about the the funny moments of like, two hours spent when it was like five minutes and then you know all those times and all those things that come up right like we just have to be willing to face it or say something or bite it down or chunk it down and i i think it's huge and i love your distinction on that it's really really huge it's it's a beautiful beautiful thing so thanks for adding that yay okay um, so we have five yeah. minutes, so I want you to pick either one or two, and that will determine our last question two. that we take today. Two. Oh, okay. Um, so this question is when y'all are designing retreat, coordinating speakers and activities, what is our criteria? How do we decide who we bring in to support these spaces? God, this is a really great question. So I'm just going to give everybody my filter right now. Um, With my events, uh, all of my speakers are people who are aligned and see the world the way that I see the world. So 
We believe in adding value. We believe in serving. We're not selling. We're there with no agenda. We're there to participate the whole time. And every one of my speakers is fully, fully aligned. And so with our events, like this next one coming up, I typically have like a focus or a theme that comes up. And this one is one thing. And that theme Mm -hmm. has kind of come through. And then with each speaker, I'm like, hey, here's what I'd like to create. What would you like to add? And it's co-created. And we decide together if it's a fit, if it's not a fit, and then we're just all operating on the same page. And so, you know, for me, it's, it's like with my event or any events I go to, I'm basically agreeing to open a restaurant with people or go to dinner with them. And right. Like, I'm like, how can we make this the best experience? But it has to be an experience that I enjoy or that I like, or that feels aligned to me. And so, you know, like I have plenty of people and friends that like, I would love to speak but they also don't want to speak because it's out of alignment for them because they only speak when they sell. I still love them. They'll still come to the event, right? But for me, it just doesn't fit the need or what I want in the room. And so also it's about knowing what you stand for, knowing what you want, knowing what you want to create, and then being willing to hold that line irregardless of what anybody else thinks. That for me is like the big, big piece. Like I've had this thing where like, I tell Ashley this, I tell the team this, like I have a belief that every single person at every event should feel seen, heard, loved, and respected by every single person, like everybody, like no matter what. And like, that's important to me. And we've had team members be like, well, I don't get it. I'm like, well, great. I love you. This is how we do it. Next event, you can do a different role because this is really important to me, right? So like when you decide what you want your restaurant to look like, When you decide what you want your world to look like, whether it's a one-day event, whether it's a two-hour intensive, or even a Zoom call, that's still your restaurant. You set the rules, you Mm -hmm. set the containers, you set the boundaries. And so it's about trusting yourself, but in my opinion, also being willing to ask yourself, like, what do I really want to create? Like, how would this be mine? Like, what would make this feel unique or feel special to me or feel aligned to me? And you have to be willing to ask yourself that question. And then when you get clarity, you have to be willing to hold it and hold it hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge for me. Um, it's all about alignment. Yeah, I think there's so much intention in who you choose. And like for the people on the other side of this, like it isn't like there is no like optimization, logistical, like you have to have this, this, and this experience, like none of that. Like that's never been part of the conversation that we've ever had about speakers. And within that as well too, there's just, they're all divinely came into your world and they were just like, it all divinely worked out. And it's just always been so cool to watch the transformation that has happened by you trusting yourself and who you ask and then also like them being able to receive in return too. Yeah. And I, I, I thank you for adding that as well. I think that's really, really important for me. I I've never, the only filter I have is, do you have something to share that's aligned for you that supports you and supports the people in the room? Like that's, that's the only filter. Like, is there something of value? And as long as that's a yes, I mean, Larry, do you remember when Larry came and even his son spoke when Mason spoke, right? Like, like yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if my seven-year-old is like, daddy, I have something to say. I will give him the mic and he's taken it and ran a hula hoop contest against my will. <laughs> um, no, no joke. And that actually was one of probably the best pattern interrupts in the room. Like probably one of the best experiences. And just for everybody wondering, trust is letting your six-year-old run in, find a microphone that's behind the TV, turn it on when you're speaking and then say, we need to have a hula hoop contest. And then 
everybody in your audience says yes and you lose your whole room to your six-year-old with no plan whatsoever. <laughs> and then it turns into this beautiful moment, right? It's it's about trusting yourself and knowing that like if you're playing the game and you have to call an audible, you can still figure it out. It's your world. It's yours. You're just going to trust yourself. So yeah, I love that question. That's a really good one. Love it. So oh good. This was so much fun. Did you I have had fun? a blast. I had a blast. Would you do it yeah. again? Oh, we definitely. Well, actually, I don't know. Everybody listening, should we do this again? Do you like this? Do you like the FAQ? The, if so, we'll find a place in the Facebook group for you guys to submit questions and we can make this a thing because I really, really, and my human design fucking loves this, by the way. Um, <laughs> Ashley yeah, knows. I know. Um, <laughs> so I genuinely, genuinely, uh, everybody listening uh, would love to know whether in the Facebook group or on Instagram, however you get a hold of us, either let me or Ashley know like, hey, I really enjoy these. This would be great if you guys did this once a month or once a quarter. And then if you have any questions, like, let us know. I really genuinely enjoy doing this. Yay. I had fun too. My Good. Well, I love you to pieces. Thank you for being amazing. Thank you for being the best fucking teammate. Soul sis. I don't even know what we are at this point. I don't have a label. Yeah. I don't think there's really a title for it. All right. It well, yet. we'll come up with some creative one, but yeah. I just say she's stuck with me until she gets a restraining order. That's my label, but that, you know, whatever we, whatever we end up with. That's a little long. It's a little long, but it does. Get it, the does. Cross, it does. So it does. Sense. It does. It does. <laughs> All righty. So uh, for everybody listening, uh, I genuinely mean it. I, I come sometimes feel like I'm in an echo chamber. For those that do DM me every time, I love you all to pieces. Uh, but the ratio is very, very misconstrued. So either you fuckers don't like me. Second, you're procrastinating. Or third, you're not hearing me mm -hmm. that I'm a words of affirmation guy and I genuinely love hearing from you. So please DM me. <sighs> okay, I'm done being a whiny little baby now. No, I, ge I genuinely... I genu <laughs> Is that on? Is that your no? Of course, note? it's not my closing note. But I genuinely, genuinely mean it, though. I really do love the feedback. Uh, if we can make an adjustment, if we can answer questions, like please yeah. ask. I genuinely, genuinely mean it. And if you even want to practice asking something you're afraid to ask and stretch that muscle, use me. Send me a DM and be like, I've been so afraid to ask you this question. Ask. I'll either answer it in the DMs or I'll answer it on the podcast. Just ask. There's no way to lose yes. as long as you ask, as long as you take a bite, and as long as you take a step. And I think that is probably the most important thing of today's podcast is mm -hmm. really, really honor and love yourself. Understand that nothing outside of you exists. Nothing. This is you. You versus you. You with you. And you really integrating every part of you because every part of you is required to succeed. You have to know it. You have to know it inside and out. And you're going to start mapping it. You're going to figure out how your vehicle works. You're going to figure out how to use your triggers. You're going to figure out when things show up, how you mitigate them. But you only figure it out when you practice them. And I promise you, you can go watch all the YouTube videos, listen to all the podcasts, and every one of them will tell you the same thing. Wes Watson says it best. Your bank account will match your level of personal development. Personal development is nothing more than your relationship with yourself, an integrous relationship with yourself. And so here's my invitation. If we can support you in any way, let us know. If we can send you any of the resources that we mentioned, let us know. We will make it as easy on you as possible. Facts. We will. Because we love to. So my only reminder is that if you're listening to this, you matter. You're not throwing in the towel. And your vision fucking matters. So pick up a brick and put it in place. And if you can't, 
let us know so we can help you pick up a brick and put it in place so that we can help build your vision because it matters and we love you. So I think that's a good place to wrap. Okay. I love it. Amen. Amen. Yes. So for everybody listening, this has been another episode of The Mind of George Show. And since everybody asked me to keep it, remember that relationships will always be algorithms and you will either see me in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, we're out.